Hello and welcome to another episode of So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast in which we take a look back at the films that influenced us in our formative years. I'm Evan Lewis, and as usual, I'm here with two of my chodiest chums, Sam and Carl. How's it hanging, boys? Oh, it's hanging, Ev. <laughs> it's hanging good. <laughs> you like that? Oh, I loved that. I did love that. that. Chodiest chums. chums. Are we scraping the bottom of the barrel this early? <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's only so much alliteration I can do. <laughs> Cheeriest. Next week is Funkiest Friends, so uh, look forward to that. (laughs) Can't wait. This week, we're taking a slight break from the norm we've established, reviewing classic 90s films and looking at a movie that's not as tied to our shared youth. But it's my turn to pick that flick, and I chose one that meant a lot to me before I had pubes down the tube. A movie with more twists and turns than an M. Night Shazalaman omnibus is a perfect melting pot of goblins, masterclass puppetry, sing-along sing-songs, and world-renowned below-the-belt bulges. Way more alliteration than I needed. It is, of course, the 1986 cultural phenomenon, Labyrinth, starring David Bowie and a much-too-young-to-comment-upon Jennifer Connelly, directed by Jim Henson, hence all the puppets' son. Boys, boys, boys. What did you know about this movie before today? Oh, that was oh, fantastic. Was that was that was poetry. Hence all the puppets, son. Big fan. Love that shit. Thank you. That was one from today. I, from, I, I genuinely went into this movie knowing that David Bowie was in it and his bulge was quite prevalent. That was my only knowledge oh, of this film. I didn't even know that. I, I, knew, I knew that David Bowie was in it. Um... And up until you suggested it, I thought that this was Pan's Labyrinth. I didn't know there were two different movies. So Quite Very different, different film. Yeah. I thought this was better. I no longer think that. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I won't get to this too early, but I remembered far less of this movie than I thought I did. I came into this quite confident that this was familiar ground, and it was not. That's so often the way, yeah, I isn't think, it? I think me and Sam agree that we actually really enjoyed this film. Yeah. yeah, even even with no nostalgia backing it up, I love this movie. I think it's very it, 80s, the kind of kids' movies you yeah. didn't get after the 80s because then CGI became a thing. You know, like Especially oh, yeah. the soundtrack I found, like that, the music had that kind of degraded quality to it. Not <laughs> the, the David Bowie stuff, but like the... Oh, no, I agree the audio was shit, but I meant more just... Like pre CGI, you know that Princess Bride, where the fantasy movies just had a hint of realism about them because they couldn't do anything mental. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. Princess Bride will be on I, my list at some point. Okay. I, uh, I'm not sure where you where you were going with that, but I thought this film was completely divorced from reality and completely mental. <laughs> okay, not reality, but say um, when she goes into the labyrinth, and you can tell that both ends are just paintings. Oh, yes. like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like almost like you're watching a piece of theatre. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, that's what they yeah, did with it's... Star Wars as well, wasn't it? Like they'd paint space in and stuff like that and they'd have miniatures in front of it because obviously CGI wasn't a thing. I do think, yeah, talking about the CGI, obviously you've got to give them a bit of credit because um, given that it was 1986, but Star Wars did it a lot better. I mean, this aged badly. I don't think it did. 
I don't think it was ever meant to hold. I don't think it was ever meant to hold up. I think you're always supposed to be able to tell. See, I think because they've done mm. stuff recently that's still quite similar to, especially the you know the, the puppets, the way they're used in this. You've had the Dark Crystal resistance recently, and also all the the Muppet stuff that's come out in the past fucking twenty years that still very much made the same way. So is that familiar aspect still? The puppets. There was yeah. The puppets, there was the kind of the charm, the timeless kind of charm of them. And it's all kind of, it's Jim Henson and it's, uh, what's his name, who was the um, creative director on this? I can't remember his name. We're we talking Frank Oz? Frank Oz? Also, um, no. I've only said that because he was on the Muppet stuff. Um, well, I could be wrong about this. I thought Brian Froud oh, was, okay, yep. worked on oh. the creative side, who incidentally... His son Toby, Toby is Froud, the kid in this film, <laughs> yeah, who is you've done your like trivia a research person now. That's there. That's all my trivia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did a deep dive. Um, anyway, yeah. So puppets, puppets, pretty timeless, very good. You know, um, the CGI though, like the actual computer generated side of it. Do you mean this the was... owl? <laughs> uh... The. Um, the owl that made me think that I was starting up a PS1 game. I just like that um, on the IMDb trivia, it was just like this, the, the owl in the opening screen, like in the opening was CGI, full stop. It's like, yeah, yeah <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to look back from however far it is, 25 years, 35 years in the future and say, uh, you know, that was shit. Granted, for the time, pretty groundbreaking, I'm sure. Oh, it, it did also yeah. say it's the first time they'd ever tried to render an animal in CGI. Oh, there you go. So that's what you got to see. Fair play you did to do them. some trivia. There, there is a lot of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt like we've dived right in here, so I want to take it back a and bit. And we dived right into the when opening credits. When this started... Of, so. <laughs> <laughs> Too fast! I've missed so many names. <laughs> uh, when they started, I was so confused because she was in that sort of medieval dress out in the a field somewhere. I, I thought I'd suggested the wrong movie to watch, but then she just walks into her normal nineties eighties house, it, it, and it's not explained. Is it like a medieval fetish? I mean, I, I think fetish is the wrong word. Yeah, fetish is not the right word. That's something you're projecting onto this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it doesn't come as a surprise um, yeah it felt like the only purpose of her being in the field or saying any of the lines from that was just to d- do the little switcheroo on us um, and it worked uh, yeah it did I it guess it confused work. me because I'd already seen I this I can't figure out how old she's meant to be because she's 15 I think Mm-hmm. Just, it's it's, it's weird behaviour for for a person who's fifteen years old, just out in a field in a medieval dress. Just yeah, it's weird behaviour for anyone. Yeah, there isn't an age where that's acceptable. To be fair, um, yes, it is weird behaviour for anyone of any age. I think there's there's clues early on that she might be a little bit um, stuck in her youth. Well, I'm pretty certain that is Weird the of message of this movie. It's yes. not the message I took from this movie, but I think that's the message they were trying to get across. I will. Oh, see, this is why you're here, boys. You're so much smarter than me. Every time, 
like every tenth line is, I don't know what this movie is about. What's it trying to teach me? <laughs> but um, <laughs> have you guys ever seen the subreddit Men Writing Women? Yes. No. It's fantastic. It's just about how every like novel you read where there's a female main character very quickly it's going to refer to her breasts or her body in some way. That just, <laughs> yeah. Um, Stephen King's a nightmare for yeah. it. But oh, God. There was something, the, the opening of this sort of reminded me of that subreddit. It was almost like, yeah, teenage girl written by 50-year-old man. She hates everyone. She hates everything. She storms off. Just, Ooh, it just didn't feel little naughty girl, normal. No, nothing felt normal in this movie. No, that's true. The, the opening ten minutes where she does all... I was just like, why has Evan picked this? She's the most unlikable person I've ever... <laughs> why, why am I going to root for her? Yeah, actually, okay. Go on. Ev, you can give a bit of insight here. Um, when you watched this as a child, did you also hate her because she's the most annoying little shit in the world? Uh, no, I didn't notice that. I, I don't think I noticed that this this watch either. I didn't find her that annoying. Sam, I think, you stole oh, my question. Such a spoiled whiny. You brat. stole my question. <laughs> I already wrote. I oh, wrote sorry. down. So Evan, what is it about this movie that makes you consider it one of the standout movies of your youth? Bearing in mind, you're bearing in mind that you're now a 27 year old man, and anything you do say can be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very simple answer to that. It's just one of the few that I haven't repressed. <laughs> The only yeah, other one fair. is American Beauty. That is not a kids' movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched them back to back. I mean, I mean, I only watched this yesterday, and I've repressed some. American of them. Beauty being one of the movies you watched as a kid does kind of explain you a little bit, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how did none of us realise what Kevin Spacey was until now? Oh. And by that, I mean a gamer. <laughs> Nothing else. Okay, so we've dug in real deep here, so maybe we could do a quick refresher of the plot for people who haven't seen it. Sure. Best way to describe it, unless one of you wants to do this. Oh no, this is all you, mate. You go for it. Okay. (laughs) Sister hates her little baby brother. She prays to Goblin King, apparently everyone is aware of. He steals baby. She must go to Labyrinth to find said brother. She wins him back. That's a pretty diluted version of the plot for you. Thanks for listening, guys. And the film explains it much less than that. (laughs) Now let's get into the meaty stuff. Is this not the ugliest crying baby you've ever seen? When he's in that cot and she's telling him to shut up, I'd have put the pillow on his head. I'm going to be honest, Ev. I don't really, like, have a scale of ugliness. It's just a baby. Carl, don't you fucking lie to me. You know there are ugly babies. You know there are. It's not an indicator of paedophilia if you can identify good-looking babies and bad-looking babies. On that, on okay, on that point, Carl, I'm bringing it back to the point that you just made. Um, the ugly baby point. There was a moment. There was a moment in uh, in the film. I can't remember exactly where it was, but she is in the labyrinth and she looks out towards the castle and hears her baby brother crying for her. If you can hear, I wrote down. If you can hear that baby crying from that castle. From miles away, that's a sure sign you just fuck it off. Go home. Leave it there. <laughs> that is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, it's a real it's a good job none of us are parents, isn't it? 
<laughs> you can tell. <laughs> that baby would never have made it to the castle. He'd have made it to the cold side of the pillow and that's it. <laughs> that took me a second. That was a burner. <laughs> There's one thing that kind of reminded me of last last week's watch, the last watch, still a little, with like the weird universe you have to create in order to make films. And I don't even mean the whole fucking Goblin Labyrinth thing, but just the insistence from Sarah, Jennifer Connolly's character, I'm glad that you there is a goblin that, kin in this universe. Yeah. Not like, I don't think she knows she's, he's real, but everyone, it feels like everyone's aware of a goblin king and the goblins. I don't feel like goblins are mentioned that much in life. <laughs> Look. If you're out in a field, chanting from some fucking book in your medieval dress, I think goblins are pretty prevalent in the society you're from. I'm aware of them. I've never done that. Have you not? It's like the whole fucking Stuart Little thing, where these there's two divisions in society, the mice and the people, but in this it's fucking people and goblins. Well, I think it's more that she is quite a introverted, lonely person, and it's all more that this, all, all this stuff exists in her world more than but in why the world. Goblins, Carl. You have a plethora of <laughs> why not goblins? to choose from. What you got against goblins? I don't know. It just feels like an odd choice. Oh, what have you got against mice? <laughs> See previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. Well, either way, I guess I just felt fatigued from it because between the start of the movie and David Bowie actually being on screen, I swear to God, I heard the words Goblin King like 20 times. <laughs> the Goblin King. Oh, oh, the Goblin King. Goblin King. There's an obsession there, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, she has a toy of the Goblin King right next to her mirror. She does. Yeah, that was there at the end. I don't think that was there at the start. Uh, it was there at the beginning. I went back. You went back? Oh, <laughs> I, went back. I sounded so right there. She <laughs> did. And it's always my job to prove you wrong. Yes. She had but, toys um, of a lot of the characters. All of the characters. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. And she had the picture of the stairs at the back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Which, as if there was any thing. doubt that this was all a big long dream sequence yeah. hallucination. This is one thing that I do prefer about, like, I think, 80s movies to the 90s kids' movies is that there's an actual depth to the story, almost like a world built, like, I know we haven't technically watched Flubber, but when we watched Flubber, <laughs> there's not much in there. Yeah. Whereas this is a lot. Like for, for, for the age it's aimed at, there's a lot in there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think we can confidently say that the, the real plot of this film is the parents go out. Um, there is a carbon monoxide leak in her room, which causes her baby brother to stop, to stop crying. She goes back in to investigate. And has about an hour and a half long hallucination about goblins and shit. No, she has an hour and a half to come up with a good excuse, and Goblin King is all she can think of. <laughs> Why didn't you do your homework? Oh, fuck. Jimmy just said the dog ate it. I've got to come up with something else. You ever heard of the Goblin King? Um, I've got a note I quite like here, because I was... There was so much going on, like I said, I was like, what's this trying to teach me? And I wrote, what's the meaning behind the owl? And then a second later I put, edit, oh, it's David Bowie. 
I mean, it's odd that it's an owl. Yeah, I've got no idea. What it did take me a minute to, to catch on to that. Oh, but I loved the scene. I mean, that's, you know, the introduction of his character when he's standing there in the room, having transformed from owl into, I guess, goblin. Um, where he then brings up a crystal with what is very <laughs> obviously not his arm. It's an orb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> an orb. Some other guy's arm flies up and starts whapping it around. Yeah. But David Bowie tries not to look. <laughs> the camera's over his shoulder, and you know it's a guy reaching around him doing it. Yeah. And yeah. I've watched the behind-the-scenes footage of that happening. It's just <gasps> as funny. Yeah. Oh, the guy was really just reaching around him and doing the fake arm. Which really plays into the main theme of this movie, which is penises. There is. I'm going to come to it later because I've got a nice little paragraph on it. But there's a lot of penis stuff in this movie. There is quite a lot, actually. Uh, there's, there's, yeah. Is there a lot? I feel like there's just one. No, there are at least five. <laughs> oh, okay, I only saw a couple, but I'll take your word for that. I also kept a little a record during this because I'd never heard of a Goblin King before. So I was interested <laughs> to know what his powers might be. And I don't know if you want me to wrap off this list right now please do because i can think of one. Oh god what's the one you know but uh, bringing up orbs oh yeah that's one of them that's a good one isn't it <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> yes turns into an owl oh, of course. Turns from an owl into a man i don't know if he was always an owl and his power was to turn into a man owl oh good point David Bowley. oh very nice very nice. I'm in the name of this episode. <laughs> the other one is he can roll orbs around in his hands real sick. <laughs> yes, he can. He can turn the orb into a snake and then he throws the snake at Jennifer Connolly. That's pretty sick. He can teleport himself and others. He can make clocks appear on and disappear from tree branches. That's a good one. I really can't believe you left that there. I thought you were going to make a throwing snakes at Jennifer Connelly joke. <laughs> <laughs> On a topic out of bounds, Carl, I'm not going to say anything. Because then I'll be on a rant, and we all know where they go. You'll be on a fucking register is what you'll be. <laughs> can transform the orb into a peach. And the final one is induce ballroom-themed LSD trips with his orb peach. <laughs> better than some of the Avengers, to be fair. <laughs> oh, it's a good old peach. Yeah, he only does some of them once. It's a lot of teleportation, to be fair. But yeah, I, I like that. We assume it's teleportation. Peach. Do we? Do we see him? He does fade away near the start. But apart from that, uh, he could just be kind of running about. Well, they're in her room, and then he sort of teleports them to outside the labyrinth through the window. Sure, he does. Yeah, of course. Goblin Kings, eh? Uh, Goblin Kings. One of my favourite lines of this movie was just after that. Where just as she starts her journey, she goes, Come on, feet. I've got that written down. <laughs> that was a note just on and its I was... own. I didn't really know what else to write about it, so I just wrote down, Well, come on, feet. Yep. I wrote, I wrote down that I love that as a way to start a journey, and that's probably also Evan's last uh, internet search. Oh, I was going to say, I just wrote, <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I 
stuff. Good stuff. So she then meets uh, meets Hoggle. Oh, Hoggle, Hoggle. Yes, they all kept calling him so many different things. I forgot his actual name. Yeah, Hogwarts. Same. Hogwarts. Um, I, I, I like that there are Harry Potter references in the eighties. Well, I was. I've re- yeah, I've got a couple of things down where she calls him Hogwarts. She um, later walks through what appears to be a solid brick wall, and then a large part of the later part of the film is spooky moving staircases. I feel like J.K. Rowling might have liked this film. (laughs) There's also a white owl at the start of this film. There is also the barn owl at the start. Yeah, good point. Oh, A a white owl takes her off to a magical land. Sounds familiar. (laughs) And sexy kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so much editing. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Oh, this is not going to lead well into my next notes. Do you do you have anything else to say, boys? Oh, oh this is going to be a real rant. Transforming into animals. I feel I feel like there's a lot of Harry Potter stuff in this now. Why? Mm. I feel like we should stop recording, go and have a look again, and then come back and and, and put together a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, the second worst thing J.K. Rowling's done in the last couple of years. <laughs> She hates trans. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Just letting that sizzle. I don't know what your, I don't know what your next thing is, um, but I will chuck in there. Shortly after she meets Hoggle, she's trying to find her way into the labyrinth. She says, where's the door? And he says, that's the wrong question. She says, how do I get in? He says, that's the right question. It's the same it's question. question. <laughs> it's the same question. It's the same question. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Why is the door? Okay, so that's just... I've got something before that and something after. So I'll link between what I was talking about with the sexy kids to what you're saying now. I'm not allowed to discuss Jennifer, obviously. What about those sexy little naked fairies that are buzzing around that Hoggle is killing? Those are fair game, right? Indeterminate age. I thought they were about four years old. Why would you think that? Because they looked about four years old. But it's proportionate because insects live much less time. So really, in like dog years, they're like 50. I'm going to tell you, no matter what you say next, I'm cutting this out. (laughs) Well, I might as well do this bit then. This movie is full of things I would attempt to fuck. And not even Jennifer (laughs) Connelly. The weird bit of moss with the eyes all over it, the fairies, the, the little worm, I'd stick my dick in that, the little floor monkeys, the anuses and the bog of eternal stench. This would not be a bad time for me. I was going to say, how be... high up the list is the hole full of hands? Oh, that's number one stop. That's so I don't come as much later on with all the other stuff. Do you remember the episode of Rick and Morty where she leaves that guy behind in her like magical land and then he uh, like, fucks all the creatures? No. Oh, that sort of rings a bell. That might I'm be what this is. That you on. are that guy. Yeah, well, yeah, you would. In a land of no consequences, you're not from. They're all smaller than you. Everything's smaller than a 15-year-old girl there. I'm going to have a crazy time. <laughs> I mean, not the giant golem thing. What about Ludo? Ludo, that's the oh, one. Oh, okay, he's pretty big, yeah. I, I'd probably be on the receiving end of that one. 
<laughs> Small price to pay. <laughs> but he likes to be tied up, so yeah, that's a plus. <laughs> oh, such a good joke for a part that's going to get cut out. That's staying in my cut. I don't mind this. <laughs> this is pure Evan, baby. <laughs> um. Okay, next. So when she enters the labyrinth, this was just a little comment I had. When she's running through a labyrinth and they cut like 20 times in a row to different ways of her running because they only had that five metre stretch of the labyrinth walls. Yeah. That threw me off big time. That was so many cuts. It was, that was a really confusing scene. I, they were trying to shoehorn some kind of revelation in there because she, she they act like she's running for a really long time. She says, oh, this is endless. And then she has a bit of a revelation and goes... Maybe I'm taking it for granted that it's endless. And then just yeah, I keeps thought that going was gonna the mean same more. way. That, that doesn't mean anything. I, I thought that was gonna mean and I thought that was gonna mean something. Nope. And then it just didn't matter. No, then the door was just behind her. Oh, there yeah. he is. <laughs> Looks like a wall, but it's not when I get real close. It's a door. <laughs> for real, I'd fuck that worm though. <laughs> I really wanted to see what would happen when she went inside for tea. <laughs> the worm kept on inviting her oh, in for tea yeah. if that's I would have gone out met, met Mrs. Worm <laughs> <laughs> join the party baby where's the key ball <laughs> um, that's all I've got on this section oh yeah I've skipped to David Bowie's crotch after this it gets pretty penis heavy from here on out it's pretty there's a, there's a, there's a lot of penis in the next scene this was the the magic dance I think oh yes oh so this is I love this song. This is kind of why I wanted to watch this movie. I listen to this song all the time. Did you like it? It's really important to me that you did. The thing is, I did like the song, but his singing, not great. I felt like they took a bad cut of him. I was watching this thinking, like, if I didn't know who this was, I'd be like, why'd they get this guy to sing? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know why. I certainly felt like that with some of the other songs. Yeah. I didn't understand any of the songs that were in this movie. I don't think and any I don't of them mean, made any sense. I don't mean understand them as in the lyrics. I couldn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> oh. Know, like, what was it? Did you guys the notice... audio was... I was just... Sorry, I was going to say, oh. did you notice that it kind of looked like David Bowie was dubbing himself throughout the entire movie? He like definitely His was. lips were barely moving, or not just in the singing, but all the time. His lips would be moving a tiny bit, and then he'd be really loud. I noticed it early on when, when he's in the bedroom. He's, um, yes, yes. That was bad dubbing there. Mm-hmm. I've missed this. Yeah. I have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> of course. I just thought that he was made more menacing by the fact he was such a wooden actor. I've always been aware that he did this film, and I've always wondered why he never did any other films afterwards. But now I know why. He was better than I expected no. him to be. Mm, sure. That's not saying that much. <laughs> Having said all that, I feel like in this movie, they take every possible chance to make you aware of David Bowie's crotch. <laughs> that must have been in his contract. Yeah. So all of the clothes he wears, he has like four outfit changes and they're all sick, apart from the Lycra pants, which emphasise what must be his penis and not just a sock. Because that shit moves. <laughs> we said earlier that this movie, it, we guess, is supposed to be about like her moving from childhood to adulthood. 
maybe that's what his penis represents. Sure. Yeah. But did I need to see Hoggle try to hug him and then the camera just oh. be looking at his penis? That's pretty on the nose. That was not uncomfortable. It was on the nose. Yeah. It was pressing into it. Oh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, just quickly, on the uh, back to the magic dance, got a bit of trivia on this. Trivia, uh, trivia. Apparently, while recording that, the baby wouldn't make a noise. It was too quiet. So all of the little cries and whimpers and gurgles during that, which of which there were a few, all David Bowie. Oh, Ooh. God. Yes. I don't like, I don't, I don't like it. Rub me in a worse way than the penis did. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a thing I needed penis to Penis has shriveled back into your lycra trousers. I like that. <laughs> I, I think I'm just jealous of that. You know, if I put those lycra pants on maybe you won't have this problem sam but i'd be very disappointed for every camera in that room <laughs> there'd just be a void of space if anything it'd be seeping inwards <laughs> evan pull your trousers out again get cow toe in Jennifer Connelly is not shocked by anything in this movie, is she? Every little critter, creature, cocksure she sees, she is fine with it all. I mean, she does spend most of her time out in a field pretending they're there anyway. True. That's true. Living her dream. Mm. But going back to the Goblin King, (laughs) I've just remembered a bit of trivia that I would like us to discuss. Do you know who else was considered for the role? Yes, I do. Ooh. My favourite one. Matthew I don't took one from the list. No, it was not Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I know who you're going to say, but go on. Michael Jackson. Yep. Oh. I can see it. Imagine there being a movie from 1986 about Michael Jackson stealing your kid. <laughs> yeah, and being in love with it. With her. I don't think he would have been in love with her in that version, though. You don't? Yeah, she's, she's a bit old. Stole the kid. <laughs> that is true, not his type. Just, just, there'll be two movies called Finding Neverland. I don't want to speak too, <laughs> too much ill of, of the dead, but uh, yeah, that would have... Um, nah, go for it. That would have changed the tone of this movie a lot. I don't think it would have aged anywhere near as well as it, as it did. It would, not, it would not have been a cult classic. <laughs> no. If there was a movie from the 80s about Michael Jackson stealing a kid. A little blonde Macaulay Culkin-looking kid as well. <laughs> That's a nice little segue there, Carl. Um, that. <laughs> um, can you see why this is a cult classic? Do you agree with that now that you've seen it? Yeah, I do. Um, when did The Princess Bride come out? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't want to compare the two. The Princess Bride is an excellent film. I'm not saying this is as good as I that. I got very Princess Bride vibes. Mm, yeah, I can I see the similarities. Kind of, I don't know if one rode the coattails of the other, but they've got a real that sort of feel to them. Where I guess that was the movie of the time. Uh, I can see why it became a Princess classic. Princess Bride was a year after. Oh. So this came first, but by a short time. So they both were being in production you know, at the same time. In production yeah. at the same time. So yeah, I think 
I absolutely think this deserves the status as classic. There's, it's definitely unique. I mean, we're shit talking it a little bit, but I thought it was just oh, yeah, so creative. Hundred percent. That's what I say. Yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of stuff about it I haven't seen in anything else, but mm. I didn't. I haven't seen that the Dark Crystal. Are you talking about? I that? have not seen it either. I just said it like I'd seen it, so I sounded like I'd seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> I believed you. I felt yeah, you could have got away with it. I haven't seen it either, so uh, there you go. Now it was hurting me. I couldn't sleep tonight if I didn't tell you boys I'm a filthy liar. <laughs> I've actually got a little game for us to play now. Uh, Carl, you're the subject of the game, unfortunately. So, it's a game for you, Sam. <laughs> oh, God. And for me. I want to guess okay. the moment that Carl was watching when he messaged us and said, what am I watching? Because <laughs> I didn't think about it until I got to about halfway through the movie and there was a sudden shift in what I was seeing and I thought, I bet this is when Carl texted. So when do you think I that I think was? you're going to get this wrong. Really? Yeah, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to be wrong. I'm going to say... Mm, I'm going to say there are two options. Mm-hmm. Either... It was the second the film started and he saw that owl. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I want to say, or maybe the magic dance. Okay. Let me do my guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. When I asked it, and when I think you did, is when she got into the forest part and she lost Ludo. Ludo. And then... Those freaky little hairy goblin boys came out, lit the fire, pulled his hand off, threw his hand in the fire, then started dancing and throwing their heads around. Because that's what I went. Hang on, what am I watching? Have I switched on the wrong film halfway or something? I don't remember any of this, and this is not the same movie I was just seeing. I've got more to say about that scene, but beforehand, Carl. I will give you the exact moment (laughs) that I messaged you saying, what the fuck am I watching? Okay. She just got into the forest, and she lost Ludo, and then those fucking weird <laughs> creatures started dancing oh in front of a green God. screen and yes! lobbing their heads around. Yes, I knew it. For real? <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, you're hundred percent spot. Yes, oh so weird. <laughs> okay. It's just such it's a quantum leap thing. in you stuff that a... was already weird too. Not even the same stuff. That scared me a little bit. When they wanted to head, I imagine that, really that was me. incredible at the time. Yeah. Because by doing it that way, they were managing to almost make the area they were in 3D so they could dance around the mm-hmm. fire. But my God, is it disconcerting for someone 30-odd 30, 30 years later? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you can see the white outline of them against the screen yeah. and it's just... When I when I said when I said earlier that I um, watched it yesterday and I've already blocked stuff out, that was one of the things. I before you said that, I'd kind of forgotten about that dance. Um, but despite that, I do have a couple notes. So I I watched uh, I watched a behind the scenes thing, like I said, of this, and they showed how they filmed that scene, and they filmed it with uh, all these puppets in front of a black velvet background. So a kind of an early green screen, but it was black instead of green. I thought that was an interesting choice with a lead actor with dark brown hair. Because you can see when she's dancing around that the, the, um, the like chroma keying out, the cutting her out, has completely not worked. So they've had to do it all manually. And her hair is just a blocky mess the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, what is it, Corridor Crew would tear that shit apart. Yeah. 
I think they've talked about that on the show before um, because Star Wars did something similar, but, well... No, what was it that they... I think it was actually Mary Poppins that did it. You know the penguin dance in that movie? Oh, Where... no, I vaguely, but that, I remember you, that now maybe that has to be another film that we watch because uh, that's something special. Uh, uh, only if you do the entire episode in Dick Van Dyke's English voice. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my little game. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, you you got yeah. that per- you got that spot. That's incredible. You two have got a psychic connection going on there. They <laughs> <laughs> were freaked out by the same thing. One of you is the other's goblin king, and I don't know who's who. Look at my orbs. No, you're right. It's definitely Ev. If I got the bulge, can I have your bottom half, please? You can be my bottom half double. <laughs> you are both my goblin king. Hi, I'm the the top half of the goblin king. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm the top half of the goblin king. <laughs> All right. I don't I don't know if this will go in, but this is just a question for Sam or you, Ev. The um the 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 door riddle. Yeah. Mm. Was she right? I, I wasn't smart enough to I, I thought that she was right. <laughs> no idea. I wasn't I mean I wasn't paying I, I, that close attention, but the the answer to that riddle is something along those lines, isn't it? I mean, I assumed she was right until she ended up mm. in a cell. Cuz I'm trying okay, I'm trying to go through this again. So, one of them tells but the then, truth, one of them lies. She says, yeah. "If if I ask the other one uh whether the this is the right door, what would they say?" Okay, no. I've forgotten the scene. I think he says yes. Um, but I, I think I think the message was supposed to be life's not fair. Yeah, that, so uh, possibly, she, yeah. Was it that she got it right and it didn't matter anyway? She still got punished. But the hands were helping her. They were the <laughs> so helping So she falls hands. down into that pit as soon as walking into that they door. They did offer to send her back up. Yeah, which is what she should have done. Who goes down? Actually, yeah, she fell down. And then they yeah. caught her and said, where do you mm-hmm. want to go? And she said, well, I'm looking this way, so I'll go down. <laughs> oh, just... Sorry, what? <laughs> the hand puppetry thing. Oh, yeah, when they make the faces. That was cool. When they make faces, that was really yeah. cool. I, really I love that. That, scene. that, I think, that scene, um, and also the scene afterwards when they're walking through the tunnels with the stone faces, that was when it clocked that uh, the guy, the Python guy, who was it, Terry Gilliam, worked on this? Yes, he wrote the first script for this. Yes. That's when I realised, oh, this is his input. Because it was very kind of Monty Python. He must have had a lot more input than that. He wrote the first script and then edited the second draft, didn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he did loads more. That's just the thing that stuck out for me. Except for uh, David Bowie's bulge. (laughs) Yeah. Do you reckon that's the reason that this is one of the few like eighties movies that hasn't had like a four K re release? No one wants to sit there for hours having to restore that. Or airbrush it out. Having to really do that shadow do those shadows to get it just right. <laughs> Blending it all in. <laughs> there isn't enough money in the world that would get someone to do a four K restoration on Labyrinth. <laughs> I'm sure some people would be very happy to do that. (laughs) 
So the scene, the scene after this is what we were just talking about, the, the fire dance. This <laughs> got so batshit insane that I've got nothing written down for it. I was just kind of going along for the ride. That really scared me. Like, she was kind of whimsical at first, but then when they're chasing her, trying to get her head... Trying to tear her head off. Yeah, I... That was a completely different movie. That was the... I was genuinely scared. I wanted to also rip their heads off and throw them around. Yeah, but they so. came off. Yeah. <sighs> Still. I didn't um, like it. The weird... Those weird creatures are involved in my deep dive. Oh, go on. Which I, I don't really feel like we should go into yet because it's not funny and it's really dark. Oh no, Fuck it. do it now. Let's do it. We just did a lot of penis stuff. Yeah. Okay, let me just get it up. Okay, so I, I have interpreted this movie a very different way. Much older man lures her away from her family in a time of crisis. She's lost her mum, don't know where. I mean, she's dead, but go on. Is she dead? I think so. Is that what it is? Okay. So it's about and during the time where she's like in adolescence. He introduces her to people she can't trust, bad influences, who uh, try to make her lose her head, manipulates her friends to keep her trapped, roofies her, and then has his dance with her, and then she gets tossed to the trash. It's a very dark film. It is quite a dark film. So yeah, that's what I took from this. I told you. Told you it was dark. Yes, I'm making a face, everyone. I'm making a very shocked yeah. face that I don't like. And then she regresses back into her childhood and playing with her toys. And going going further into this, because I sat there for so long, the, the fantasy is her way of getting her revenge. And the only time she refers to the baby as her brother is after David Bowie arrives. Before that, he's just the baby. And at one point, she calls him this baby of mine. She does, when she's doing the little rhyme at the beginning. Yeah. Oh my god, I wrote that down so I can recite it back for you. Because I thought it sounded <laughs> so it. weird. Go for it. Yeah, this is one of the many times she says Goblin King, so get ready for this. <laughs> Goblin King, Goblin King, take this wherever you may be. Take this child of mine far away from me. Why does she say this? Oh, that's what I say. Why does she say this? <laughs> I don't know who the Goblin King is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was very um, disappointed from Hercules. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, jumping slightly ahead to the end, basically. Oh, so we're um, we're just glossing over just, the fact we, that you just. Uh, oh no, we'll we'll go back. This is this is okay. the end of my sorry. Go on. Interpretation of this film is that because. One way that people read it is that it's her, like, leaving behind her childhood. But she doesn't. She's then like, no, I need you all. And then suddenly she's imagining weird fantasy creatures in her room. And then the movie ends. So it's like, and yeah, that's the point where she eventually lost her fucking mind and just snapped completely. Oh, um, yeah, they're all there. Oh, I didn't like that, Carl. I won't watch this movie again. Thank you. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm going to interpret this in a much darker way. Yeah. If I ever watch you, it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so, yeah, no, I'm gonna say that this is just the influence of Carl's troubled mind on what is actually a lovely, lovely film mm. for kids. I'm on Carl's ticket. This is a molestation movie. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did also ruin Stuart Little. This has become my thing. So yeah, now that I've ruined this um, comedy podcast, uh, do you want to bring it back? <laughs> Sam, do you have anything between here and the end of the movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Let's lighten the mood a bit with the bog of eternal stench. <laughs> 
or as I like to call them, Reading Festival toilets. <laughs> um, yeah, that was an interesting bit. The um, and I mean, any comments on any comments on the I thought you, yeah. swamp of of farting? Well, bum I holes. put my dick in those little things. Oh, yes, you the bumholes. I put my dick in it. Obviously, they, they're already moving on their own. I have to do no work. Yeah, I'd smell, but... <laughs> Can't fucking ask without smelling the shit. Um, I mean, it, it, she goes into this uh, bog of eternal stench, uh, and she meets... Basil crack Brush. Fox, Basil Brush. Mm-hmm. Oh, Crack Fox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hang on, what's that from? Uh, Mike Bush. Yeah, I mean, just just running through what happens, she uh, yeah meets Crack Fox, Basil Brush, and her dog, which she doesn't watch. Yeah, shamefully, it wasn't until this moment that I realised it was probably all a dream, because I was like, how is her dog here? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in shitland, dog? She doesn't, she doesn't even acknowledge... What is quite obviously her dog completely yeah. ignores it. Um, I mean, that'd be the carbon monoxide, I imagine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that I came up with a carbon monoxide poisoning plot and it was still lighter than yours. <laughs> I mean, you can cut the whole thing if you want. <laughs> it's just, it's, it was the only thing I had. So it's <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's got to stay in. Um, I mean, yeah, there are more scenes. I don't really have much to say about either uh, LSD Peach. Yeah, the LSD Peach with the the ballroom and the dancing, and and she yeah. does the shatter the mirror, and she falls into the garbage land. She's taken into the little hut by that obviously evil fucking trash witch who cackles <laughs> as she's entering the room. Just stop walking. <laughs> But as we know, she if she's looking in a direction, she has to go that way. And then she hops on the bed and immediately thinks, oh, cool. Back to normal. Yeah. Did she, it was all a dream. Walks, walks into a room and forgets how she got there. It explains, it explains a lot of the events in the film. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, yeah, this is the, the difficulty that we've got of running through this is... It shows this film is basically a, a series of non sequiturs in different plot points. I mean, they don't really care to explain how she gets from place to place or why any of it exists. It's just kind of there. It feels like it feels like the whole film was written as they went along. Each scene they were writing it just before the cameras rolled. This is a real yes and movie. <laughs> yeah, too many yes ands. I thought this was great. You thought it was great? I genuinely thought it was great. I didn't see this as a kid. This is the first time I saw it. And I just think that the, there is a certain type of movie that comes out of the 80s that is kind of... You can sort of see when cocaine was really prevalent in Hollywood, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Movies were just fucking mental for about eight years in the middle of the 80s. That's what I meant by yes and. And I, <laughs> and I thought it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah I think There's I agree. His faces and the walls and then his hands and they just go, yes. You just don't see those. Thought. You don't see those ideas anymore because people are on less drugs. Jim Henson was in his on his in his 50s as well, so he's probably been doing an LSD through the 70s. That's where the 
Imos comes from. Oh, drugs played a huge part in this. Mm-hmm. Drugs played a huge part in this. And the never-ending story, the Dark Crystal that I've seen. That's my favourite movie. That and American <laughs> Beauty. <laughs> um, that's just what my personality is based on. I think drugs played a part in this, but um, I think another part of it, and I agree with you, I think that it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I'm super glad to hear that, boys. I think, I think the small budget is a big part of it. I mean, when you look at... What's that kind of small the for the time? Who, no, it was average for the time, but compared to movies now, big movies now, um, you get this kind of uh, purity of of concept. Or okay, maybe that's a bit of a. No, I get what you mean. It's like scrappy. It's hodgepodge, but they've put something together with what it's they had. Clearly, the ideas in this have come from one or a few people who are kind of visionaries. And there has been no committee that has gone anywhere near this. Because if there was, then a lot of things would have been cut. All right, guys, I think that's all we have about time for. For everybody listening, follow us at So You Think Pod on Twitter and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review if you could. And join us again next week for Flooglies, Finger Fingers, and our all-time favourite, Blunkle.